Yes, Poe, can you hear me? Yes, sir. You sound much better, no doubt. All right, ladies and gents, welcome to MD Podcast. I just want to say thanks to everybody who's been tuning in to season one all the way through season six. And by the time this will be season six, episode nine. And this next artist right here, man, I want to say that he's been one of the most humble, uh, never acts Hollywood on me, one of the most MCs that ever came out the Ox, has made classic joints with Mad Lib, Roxy, MED. And as of recent, he dropped a classic album with Mark Ford called Back From The Top. Um, and you know what? The first time I met him is uh, when we did a show opening up for Guilty Simpson. And uh, it was bomb. And uh, we did one more show together with Roxy. And uh, like ever since then, we always kept in touch. Yeah. And, um, I just want to say congrats on the album. And ladies and gents, without further ado, we got... Love you. Man, I'm in the building. What's good, Marlon B? Yo, good. bro. Oh, thanks for make, taking you the time. You got good reception. What up? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, yeah. Um, so, bro, so I'm over here tripping. Go ahead, go ahead. My bad. Yeah. I said I'm over here tripping, bro. Like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give you your flowers real quick, bro. You, you've been doing this for a hot one, and it's good to see somebody from the soil really taking the platform to the next level and. And doing what you're doing, bro. I, I I applaud you, and and keeping it real with these podcasts and giving people a platform to speak on, man. Thanks, Pope. There's so many talented MCs from my hood. There's so many talented artists that came out of my city that I gotta give them the flowers because they came before me, you know. So like, I just want to say thanks for doing this and um, congratulations on the album. I love the sound. I love what you and Mark are doing. I love the uh, the bars. You're still sharp. You're still sharp with it, and it's just it's just you uh, making music, man. I, I love to hear it, dog. Good shit. Paul, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Did you you went blank nice. for a second, bro? And I just want to say, um, I bumped the album all the way to my trip to Monterey, man. So good shit, <laughs> man. Hey. I, I got a couple fades on there. It's, it's funny, like, sometimes people will make a project and it's like, oh, no, I don't listen to it after I've done it. But it's like, I genuinely like the project, bro. Like, as an album, wow. as, a, as, a, as a whole. But it's like, there's a track on there, House Money. Got a uh, Young X on there. Got a uh, Crooked One. It got Dex. Uh, Riff Raff McGriff. Um me and Ford it's just a real cool track but I like like the cartoony sounds in the beat it's, it's kind of off the hook that's one of my faves so Poke I take it back to day one man I ask all my guests uh, for all those who are tuning in where were you born and raised real talk born and raised in Chicago um, uh huh born and raised in Chicago Poke, can you hear me? Yo, yo, Poke, can you hear me? Yo, yo. Third time's a charm, right? Yo, Poke, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, third time the charm. Back on the top. So, Poke, for all those who are tuning in, where were you born and raised? 
Born in the west side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. In the days of yes, y'all. Moved to Flint, Michigan for a few years. And then in 1990, from 1990 to now, been a resident at 805. And uh, I came out here, bro. It was like night and day, but it was the dopest. It was dope, bro. Like, hip-hop was here. The culture was here. Like, like seriously, I was going to KCSB with cats like like D-Tragic and Loop Pack back when... I ain't gonna I ain't gonna say their old names, but back when dudes had different names. Like yeah. you know, we, we was at the radio station, college radio station, um, you know, doing just freestyling it and then it kinda opened everything up, bro. And uh, seriously, day one I got here, first person I met was OGD Tragic and um just hit the run hit the ground running ever since, man. So, yo, tell me, before we talk about Oxnard, tell me about what you remember about Chicago and Michigan. Like, what, what do you remember about that as a child in, in those communities? You know, it was the best places in the world, man. Like, uh, I'll take it back from Flint. Flint looked way different than everybody sees now on TV. Uh, it was beautiful. We had a huge house. Like, our house was crazy big, bro. Like, five acres. Uh, like there was a tree stump in the back way at the end of the backyard my dad taught me how to shoot and shoot guns mm-hmm. um, legit laying down in, in the patio like shooting a rifle at this big old tree stump painted like a target but riding bikes through the neighborhood you know crazy like in Chicago getting on the bus with my cousins and I'll take it back to Chicago um, getting on the bus with my cousins playing hide and go seek like what you know about figuring out who's it you know doing the eeny meeny miny mo thing whoever it they gotta basically wait at the bus stop while everybody else gets on the bus and then they catch mm-hmm. the next next bus and try to find you like mm-hmm. in the city it was wild yeah Poke, I don't want to lose you can you hear me Apologize. So let's take it from the top, right? As, yes, far, as, like, as far as like the Chicago community and Flint, Michigan, um, how, what, what do you remember communities growing up? Like growing up, it's gonna sound so so cliche, but you knew everybody in the neighborhood. You know, like little old lady next door, Eugene's mom still knows me when I go home. Um, but it was, bro, it was super cool, man. Just riding around on bikes, popping willies, putting, putting playing cards in our spokes to make it sound like a moped. Like back when you could go to the store with a quarter and come back with a pocket full of candy and a couple candy bars. Like, yeah, I'm letting my age be known, but it was back in the day, bro. It was cool, man. It was real cool. Do you know what prompted your uh, family to move from Chi-Town all the way to Oxnard? Like, what, what made you guys move out to Cali? Well, you know, I don't want to say a classic story, but at some point, you know, my parents divorced. Uh, I stayed with my pops, actually, growing up. 
And later on, I moved to Cali with my mom's. Mm. And um, it was just, it was just time for a change, man, really. Yeah. You know, young man becoming a young man. And I was in a crazy, wild environment and possibility of a better chance, you know, to move a little bit different in SoCal in the 805 than, than where I was. And, you know, especially I came in, I would always come in the summer. But I came that year for, or the year before for Christmas in the winter, and it wasn't snowing, bro. Like, when you're used to shoveling snow every day in winter, just to leave the house, and you got to shovel three, four feet of snow just so you can get out the driveway. When you get to Cali, it's 70 degrees on December 20th, bro. <laughs> that's, a, that's a game changer real quick. Like, what you, hold on, hold on. It ain't snowing out this piece? I'm bad, so, man. It was just a good look. So basically, mom moved out to Cali first, and you followed, like, oh, we're moving, huh? Like, shit, yeah. let's go. Yeah. What was your first impressions of Oxnard? You come to the Ox, what was your first thoughts of the community? Like, what was going on through your head? Bro, I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> All I saw was palm trees, bro. Like, yeah. Growing, growing up where I was... You know, it looked cool, but you get to California, you see palm trees. It's like the whole state is Hollywood in my eyes. I was like, yo, I made it. You couldn't tell me nothing. Yeah. And it's like, not to say nothing against the hoods and, and, and what a what a rough parts is, but I know where I came from. And, you know, I remember I'm driving around with one of my boys and I'm out the window again, mystified by these dang palm trees. My boy, like, yo, man, roll the window up, dog. I'm like, what? He's like, man, we in the projects. Roll the window up. And I go, bro, the projects got palm trees, bro? For real? <laughs> you couldn't yeah. tell me nothing, bro. Like, it was just beautiful. The people out here was cool, though. Like, you know, the gang politics and everything was different than where I came from. So that actually allowed me to not really go that route. You know, right. uh, there was there was gangs back home. There's gangs out here, but it was so different. Like I stuck out like a sore thumb. You know, it wasn't it wasn't really the colors or the or the north or south back where I was from. It was you know people was repping. They block really. They block. So right. I was like, man, I'm gonna just do me, chase my dreams with music, and you know that was it. But but the the whole. The whole culture was ready for me to be spitting the second I touched down out here. Like, it was like I moved to where I was supposed to be, to be an MC. Yeah. Let me ask you yeah. this. Coming coming from Chicago or Michigan, does it, does it influence or affect your style of, uh, of hip-hop in any way? Like, the way you approach MC and coming from that side of the country, like Chi-Town, how, how does that influence your style? Well... I'd say there's a like out here some of the cats I was running with early on they was looking at me and this is an old school thing oh man you sound like an east coast dude like supposed to be gangster this west coast you supposed to sound like this but it was like yo I'm everything I was listening to before I got out here was a little bit different now I mean don't get me wrong everybody was on the NWA movement and bumping early iced tea but you know I uh I was listening to a whole lot of different stuff. 
before I even hit Cali. So it was it was easy to, to kind of get engulfed in, in the in the early gangster rap sounds that was really thriving in the early '90s because it was bomb. You you know, can't nobody say it wasn't. But I always had kind of like a playlist that was all over the place, you know, and my boys used to be tripping like I'm over here going crazy off of De La Soul is Dead album. And my boys is like, bro, what are you, you bumping something called Millie pulled a pistol on Santa, bro? What the hell? (laughs) So, you know, I I was open to to other music, not just G shit. And, And I think that helped me really uh stand out <coughs> yeah bless you and stand out and stand apart from a lot of other cats just because thank you you know the, the people i was listening to kind of gave me a little bit different subject matter what was the first rap like what was the first recollection of hip-hop growing up in shy town like was it a song that you heard the music video like what was the first like recollections of hip-hop that you remember Broken glass everywhere. Who was the first MC that changed your life? Like when you heard him, you were like, oh shit, I gotta do that. Really? <laughs> like the one that let me know this is what I wanted to do on everything was Chuck D. Nice. Um I think the song was My Uzi Ways a Ton. Um, out of all, right, crazy, out of all songs, but there was, you know, early on in hip-hop, there was, you know, you had your Run DMCs, you had your LLs and whatnot, but I just remember early Public Enemy, and uh, I mean, we talking self-destruction times, we talking, you know, fight the power times, we talking all that, but like, P.E. had me on some young minister Farrakhan-ish like you know not like that but it was it was Chuck had me like wilding like really bout it like for all the right reasons and and that's another kind of thing when when I got out here to Cali and Cat was like banging it's like man we should be sticking together you know like Let's 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 work on us instead of working against us. But uh, Chuck D definitely, definitely was, if not the first, one of the first. But he was the first one that made me want to rap. Right. You know, what to was- this day, I, I, bro, like one of these days when I link up with you, hit you off with a couple old school mixtape bands. But like I used to freak Public Enemy songs. And like restructure the beat, and like just all about PE, bro. Still to this day, 2022, I'm still freaking Public Enemy stuff on mixtape tip. Chuck D, if you're listening to this, don't don't yeah, send don't the F1Ws after me. Yeah, I don't think Chuck D gets his props. It's one of the greatest. And when people say top five or top ten, I don't. I think he needs to be there more. You know. Um, oh, definitely. That's basically the East Coast Ice Cube right there. Uh, uh, what was the first rap album that really changed your life? Ooh. First rap album that really changed my life. Um, I 
it might be Nation of Millions. I know my mom's like, my mom used to surprise me, man. Mom, like, I remember she got me Eric B and Rakim tapes. Um, yeah. Uh, she was good. She was good for coming with it. Actually, you know what? I know the one that really changed everything for me. That was uh, Mecca and the Soul Brother, Pete Rock and Seal Smooth. Um, everything before that was like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. And then I remember getting that tape, and it was on tape. Like the interludes. The subject matter, just how how banging the beats was, and it was crazy because people from out here was still rocking with it at a time when it wasn't cool. People from from the West Coast was still rocking it with it at a time that it wasn't cool to be bumping East Coast music. Well oh, yeah. before the Tupac and Biggie beef. Oh yeah. Yup. You know. Let me let me. Let me ask you this. Around what age did you start Like, what age did you start attempting to write verses and saying these things out loud to, to practice? Like, when did you start uh, doing that? How, how old were you? I was 11 years old. Nice. Me too. Um, let me ask you this. Like, which one came first? Writing rhymes or freestyling? Actually, writing rhymes. Writing um, rhymes came first. Yeah, I say that because even in elementary school, I was on some old poetry. I remember, uh, man, uh, I want to say I was third or fourth grade. Fourth grade, yeah. I think. Yeah. Miss Washington, she was teaching us about limericks. Yeah. yeah. And, um, one of our little assignments was to write a limerick using your name. And I remember it to this day. And that writing that limerick made me end up writing rhymes every day after that. Like I was already kind of in the in the poetry, but after I did that limerick, once was a kid named Gene who wanted to be king. He found a crown, kissed the ground, and ate a green jelly bean. Right? That's wow. the first that's the first quote unquote limerick I wrote. Nice. Later on that day, I went and bought a composition book. Been writing rhymes ever since. You were eleven. Yeah. <laughs> would you say? Would you say writing rhymes came first before freestyling? Like freestyling oh, definitely. Top? Definitely. Um, even when I used to listen to, to hip hop back in the day and like wanna rap, before I would freestyle. I was writing out verses and just long, never-ending verses. Dang. And that so way, when we were battling in like junior high, I had rhymes for cats. <laughs> By the time you were junior high, oh no, I was yeah, I was battling rhyming with cats, like battling, like yo, crazy. Let me, let me, let me ask you this, like. Um, how old were you when you came to Oxnard? Uh, 14. 14, wow. Who would be like the first, like out of everybody in CBP, who was the first person you met? In, like coming to the Ox? Uh, out of CDP? Yeah. Or, because uh, real deal, 
on before I about TDP, but uh, first person I met legit stepping out was D Tragic. But the first person from CDP I met, I met them both at the same time. Um, it was a uh, Wild Child and and uh, and Madeline. Nice. So, like, how did you guys meet, and how did that music uh, that music relationship start? Man, that started at UC Santa Barbara's college radio station with a DJ by the name of T Stone used to let us uh, like we used to roll up to the radio station just we knew where it was because we was man like bro I'm 14, 15 going up to a college campus doing parties on the weekend like you know going to parties but we knew that every Friday night they was playing mad hip hop and we would go to the radio station at the college and you know, the DJ just let us in. And as long as we had bars, you can get on the mic. If you ain't, if you couldn't spin, but you know, I met, I met a wild child who was Cracker Jack back then and, and Mad Lib who was Diesel Daddy back then. Um, and yeah, like all types of cats, man. Nico, uh, Metaphor was always up in the building. Declaim was up in the building. Me and my boy D Tragic, the homie 12 Grand was always up in the building. Uh, shout out Toshiro. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was, that's, that's where we met. I met, I met Lou Pack 90, 91, maybe. Wow. But I think it was 1990. But uh, KCSB, Friday nights. Thanks to T Stone, big up to T Stone. If you were fourteen and fifteen, how old were they at the time? Uh, similar ages. I think I think they got like a year on me. Wow. You know, I think I think they may be a year or two older than me. The cats I was running with, all the cats I was running with, was a few years older than me. So you were there. You were definitely around when they were working on the Psych Move LP. You know, Psych Move EP. Mm-hmm. So tell me, like, what do you remember about those recording sessions when they were working on like the Psych Move, Ill Psych Move EP? Well, like, what do you remember about those days? Well, during that time, though we knew each other, there was like later on, I was up, you know, in the studio with them. During those days, cats would have like tapes floating around the hood with, you know, what they was doing. And so I wasn't I wasn't privy to those sessions in that time. I was uh times I was coming around messing with cats was a little bit later, though I was aware because, you know, heads around the neighborhood, heads around the ox and Ventura who was rapping, you know, there's a certain there's a certain bar that's kinda set. And some cats was like, ah nah, you know, that's how we do it. Yeah. But for the most part, like that was the that was the level of hip hop craftsmanship. Like if you ain't if 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 your shit ain't like this, bruh, you need to step your game up. And that's just what it was. Like so they were kind of setting the bar without even trying to set the bar, but they was making they was making hip hop. And there was a lot of cats who was just rapping, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know. 
And so from the time Hillside Move EP came out, all the way to the sound pieces, what was going on in the hip hop scene out there? Like, like what do you remember between that six year gap from the time Man, like, he came out all the way to the um, hand pieces? Just, I remember building with, with Ted and the homies from the farm. Rest in peace, E-Dog, Newport Junkie. Um, uh, just certain, certain shows, like Cats was doing shows around here and, and there was, there was some bum promoters back in the day, but you know, I ain't gonna get any names no light, but Cats was doing like crazy stuff at the, uh, Skating Palace out in, uh, Wainini. Um, but I remember rocking 805 live shows with Cats, like way out in, uh, Santa Paula. There was, bro, like, there was actually a thriving movement where, where, MCs could go go perform, and yeah. you know, just people would think like, "Oh, there ain't, there's not a lot of rappers out here." Mess around and go to some of these showcases, and everybody from the 805 was in the building, and like, there's there's a lot of heads that are still around to this day, still got their hand and stuff, and, and helping other young cats come up and do the damn thing, and they still got bars, deadly bars. They swords are sharp. Um, but there was a, a ton of MCs, not just rappers. There was a ton of MCs. Yeah. Uh, well, well rounded by the time sound pieces came out and by the time sound pieces came out, um, that just really opened the door for a lot of other peeps, you know? Yeah. Like I said, the homie declaimed, you know? D-Claim was always a good looking and a little bit ahead of his time. He used to tell me back in the day, like, Pope, what are you going to say, though? Like, you can get on the record, you you know, your lyrics are dope, but what are you going to say when when you got a chance to be in front of the people so they can hear you and, and leave something that they remember? Like, back in the days, bro, this is, you know, before Cats was torn, before dudes was going all over the country or even overseas. You know, so... There, there was, there were people who were really thinking about it in, in in a bigger picture, you know. Let's talk about like, what was your first release on wax or on on on, on cassette or like, what was your first? Because like the first time I heard your the first time I heard your uh, your music was your verse on Roxy's "Don't Stop," um, but for all those who may have missed the past projects what was like your early releases man uh for the record i was definitely on some out the trunk selling uh 805 hip-hop family um there was a series of real spitter bullshit mixtapes that were i was i was selling merch at every one of my shows bro but uh first thing that was available nationally pressed out or whatever I was on um it's called what is it called I want to say it's welcome to LA Mad Lib and Peter Butter Wolf it was me and Metaphor on a track called what it do nice and then and then I was on Med's album on a song called pressure um I was also on don't stop Roxy 
Um, Me Rock, oh no, on Don't Stop Get Him, which also was on Fight Night Round 3. <laughs> we, uh, like, it was cool to be cast from the hood. Like, everybody was playing EA Sports uh, Fight Night Round 3, and song come on it was almost like it came on every time that the game would start and it's like you hear my voice and it was I remember telling some of my family like yeah I'm gonna be on this video game and they're like man you still got a (laughs) job you ain't a rapper man you ain't got nothing on no video game and I remember letting them hear the song they was like ain't nobody gonna man whatever a few months later the game came out and it was just like yo you Yo, you about to go platinum. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I, I digress. We uh, First no, thing I, I was it, on... Was... Congratulations to that. That was a good look, by the way, when that when that shit first went down, bro. Congratulations. Seriously. Oh, yeah. That was huge. Um, and everybody yeah, played that. Everybody played that shit. Everybody was playing that game. Seriously. It was... It, it messed my head up, bro. I'm like... Yo, I'm on an EA Sports soundtrack. Like every time, like people ain't even buying the album. Cool, you still got my music, and it was, you know, it, it was a, it was a real good look, man. But uh, it was so to get back to it though. Uh, I believe it was what it do on Welcome to LA by Mad Lib and Peter Butter Wolf that had me and Metaphor on it, and then the second one was uh, Pressure with me and Mad uh, around the same time. Me and Roxy on Don't Stop, Get Him, and Murder. And um, then there was a, a Poison Project I did that came out in around 08. And then Not Like Them in 10, 2010. Uh, with a laundry list of features and on other albums by Mad Lib up to that point and other cats. So I've been in it, I've been in it for a minute. I do it for the culture. Hell yeah, man. No doubt. Um, one of the classic nights that I had in Ventura was definitely opening for Guilty Simpson and Metaphor and Poke. Um, that was a, everybody was there. Um, and that was a packed night. Shouts to ASR Entertainment. That was a good night, man. Um, and yeah. Uh, how do you feel about hitting the road as an artist? Like, how was your experience like? performing on stage do you love performing bro I definitely love performing and not only that one of my favorite parts and I haven't had other cats tell me that's why they like rocking shows with me but uh, one of my favorite things is especially early on when when I do shows and sometimes you go to a venue and people are too cool to, to come up and have a good time and check out the show cats want to stay by the bar you know, cats, cats want to be with the cool kids clicked up over in the corner and everywhere but in everywhere but in front of where the performance is going on. Yeah. And so I always would uh you know sound off to the to the crowd like yo everybody up front, yo, my man's right there with, with, with the with the bubble goose. Hey show them with the thick ass, come on up front, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey. Oh, y'all too good to have a good time? You came up in here to pay for drinks, but not for the music? Okay. <laughs> you know, and like, next thing you know, the whole house would be up in front of the stage, and then I end up doing my damn thing. And it's like, I love performing, bro. There's something about it that 
when the people go from I don't know who this dude is to doing what you say to do when I say right. poke D you say OD poke D OG poke D OG like the whole crowd start doing it you know you know you got them not only that bro but it's when you get off the stage and people really fucking with you and then for the rest of the show or even after when they come and buy out all your merch and you ain't got no more merch it's crazy the feeling is beautiful one of my favorite songs from you is um, your verse with MED and the Mad the, the Madison show called the Ox the 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 Ox the 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 Ox. That was one of the most that's one of the most uh, banging joints y'all ever did as a collective. You know, yo, that right there. What's funny? I is, love that song. I love that. Uh, the timing of when we did that, we recorded that before. Uh, the stuff that I did on Med's album we recorded that like you know me and Med got a, a gang of songs together and um, as well as me and Roxy and, and a handful of other cats but um, yeah that that when that dropped it really hit it really hit home with people because the first thing I said was it smelled like shit at night yeah. For the people who know about the Ox, especially back in the day, bro. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. Come on, man. Like all the orchards, man, like they would release that water to be to be, you know, uh irrigating all the orchards where they was growing fruit and, and vegetables and about eight o'clock at night it started to smell like shit. Like all over. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it hit with the heads. They all knew it, man. And it's real. But that's that's my stomping ground, man. Yeah, your verse, your verse on that shit, and and Mad's uh, metaphors verse on the on the on that joint. It was oh, like, yeah, all facts. It's like this, right? All facts. <laughs> big facts, boy. Big, big, big. You know. Um. What do you re- so? Remember about like um. Cause this is how I feel, right? Like, uh, Loot Pack, when Loot Pack came out, it opened the doors for everybody in the hood. And, um, as, as Mad Libs going up, like, man, you must feel proud, right? Like a proud brother looking at all this, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I just, what and I all, really like. All of them, all of them, all of them. Everyone yeah, did their no. thing. There's, but all of them what I really like is the light that it shed on this central coast aspect because a lot of people it's like you think you think a west coast rap it's either the bay area or it's LA right Mm -hmm. um the bay area has its own thing bay area has its own sound Mm -hmm. LA with the gangster rap and and even like the the LA hip hop vibe has its own thing but in the ox the 805 as a whole and a lot of people don't know man 805 was like from la from north la or basically used to be calabasas to to uh from calabasas to pismo beach out to bakersfield that's what it used to be so the 805 was all central cali 
but it shed loop pack shed light on everything in the middle and from them a lot of other cats started getting the looks and a lot of cats with talent was really getting the looks and we appreciate that because we in LA you know cats want to be LA rappers or they want to be Bay Area rappers no we from out here that's our soil and and we got a sound and our sound is definitely valid you listen to everybody who come out from here it's like yo these dudes are solid these some real MCs some real producers you know metaphor rock can kick uh Dudley um what's my man's name Dex Riff Raff uh uh shoot uh Jay Pro uh Kingsley um Actually, I'm going to stop myself because I can sit here for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> name the last no, seriously, bro. Like, yep. you know, JC, John Quest, Nico, um, you know what I'm saying? Vanax, uh, like Grocco, uh, Scripps yep. Unlimited. Um, like, yo, I ain't even going to get started, but that's a dude who's hella underrated. Like, Grocco? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. What up, Grocco? Yeah. Yeah. Grok's pen is ridiculous, um, yeah. but any, anyway, man, I, I'll, I'm telling you, man. There's there's so many dudes I got mountains of respect for, and it's as competitive as this this field is. People yeah. don't really know sometimes that you rock with them, and yeah. you know I've I've come up to dudes like yo, I've been following your music. Like I remember I hit up Mark Ford a long time ago, and it was like. He was on his second mixtape, and I'm talking to him about his first one. He's like, yo, you bumped that? I'm like, yeah, man, I keep my ear to the street, you know? Like, there's, there's just a lot of tough, tough, really skilled marksmen with the pan out here, man. I'm telling you, you want them. There's, yeah. there's so many of us combined, and I think, I think we're so good and we so raw because we're not L.A. We're not the Bay. Yeah. We we gotta we gotta shine. What was that? I think um, Oxnard eight hundred five hip hop. Yeah. I do believe that even within the within the even within yeah. our own county, right? Um, we all have our own style. We don't all sound the same. We still, even within ourselves, we sound different from each other. But there's something distinct about like Oxnard MCs for sure. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it this hits different. It really does. Yeah, bro. it's some. It's a different angle to it. Like, I don't know. I always tell people this: there's something in the water, and there's also something to be said in the city that um, one hour up north from LA, kind of isolated, by and you know by the beach and like the gang culture was definitely prevalent in our city, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. It was active. It was active in the ox, and like, um, but for whatever reason, a lot of great music came out of this. You know, for real. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's crazy. Like, there's, there's some dudes, who, and and again, I'm not gonna name drop to protect the innocent and the guilty, but there's some cats who were definite factors on the street, mm-hmm. thug it out, gangster, gangsters. Who are some of the dopest rappers and lyricists that I've ever met? Yeah, and it's it's just uh, you know, it's, man, cats got bars. 
Cascat Bars, Big Up the Hog. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of talent out here, man. Like I'm even looking at looking at Anderson Pac, right? Yeah. We went from early days. It was like, yo, Loop Pack got on, Declaim got on, Can Kick got on, and Rock and Mad got on, and and people just started lightly bubbling. Super Duper Kyle got on, you know. Um, Anderson got on, and th- mind you, that's just the hip hop. There's a lot of actual. There's a lot of rock groups, and, and, a, and a handful of reggae bands and dub bands that then and ska bands that then came out of Ventura Oxnard 805 area. That's we got music, like you said, it's in the water, bro. Yeah, there's something like, and I do think that what's cool about it is that it keeps going. Um, there's a whole new generation of younger MCs that keeps it going, keeps it keeps the culture going, and um, I, I love it, man. Let, let me ask you this: uh, Tell me about your working relationship with Mark. How's that chemistry in the studio? Extremely organic. Um, yeah. You know, like people will be like, man, poker recluse. Like you'll never see him. It's, it's not that. It's just I only work with the peeps I work with. Like we got to be cool, just the way we cool. But it's like there's so man, everybody rap out here. Everybody got lyrics, but it's like you gotta, you gotta kind of have a similar energy for it to really work when you in the lab. You know, and if if the if the energy just work. You know, and then you actually get in the lab and it comes really natural. Everything just evolves really quick. You know, I'll say it like this. Me and Mark was in a, we was listening to some beats. And it's like, yo, I like that one. Yo, I like that one too, man. We should write something. Yo, let's let's write to it real quick. Let's see what's up. And what I'm telling you, within 10 minutes, both of us had verses we knew we were on to something. It's yeah. like every every time we every time we link up, it's like, yeah, 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 you know, you know let's fuck with this one. Yo, I'm kind of feeling this. Yo, 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 I'm feeling this in this direction. All right, let's, you know what I'm saying? Let's 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 make it happen. Boom. Like 10, 15 minutes later. Like, damn, again? So you 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 link with somebody and y'all got the chemistry to where you're not sitting there with writer's block. You know, it's coming to you and you're on the same page it's the chemistry was crazy cool man it was it was definitely crazy cool and you know uh he reminds me of a younger me in a way and and i don't want to say that in a in a way that sounds like yeah you know what i'm saying i'm the og no it's like when i say he reminds me of a younger me is i remember when i was really in my bag and really on my grind to get myself where I wanted to be in my music and right. when you know there was years ago when I was really on it and chasing it and opening doors when people wouldn't let me in the door you know making my own lane like I look at him like this dude that carried the torch and he's really on it you know what I mean and so in that matter he reminds me of you know some of his grind reminds me of a young me but the dude bars are bananas his yeah. bars are fucking ape shit crazy. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Ford. Uh, we're dropping the Mark Ford episode pretty soon. Um, we're dropping that. Uh, he's episode season six, episode uh, seven. And um, thanks, Mark, for doing the show. And uh, I told him, man, like 
his transition from videography to producing to emceeing to um to really hitting the world hard um i really respect the work ethic um i was really loving how the beats is just like slow drone like kind of like drilled out but like right out music though but kind of slower like you guys slow down the pace but it's good because we digested every single bar you know yeah like the the, the bpm is slowed down a little bit and um it, it had just like a it was just a vibe to the whole album from 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 top to bottom <laughs> from the top all the way from, to the bottom you know back from the top it was it's funny too cuz uh that came from just just a line in in the in the album it was just something I was saying, like, yo, bring it back from the top. And, uh, probably just the, the way it all organically came together was such a good look. We had to just keep pushing on it. And so I, I, I'm real thankful for the young brother. You know, we, uh, he had me looking at some things in a different light, as I'm sure I did for him as well. But that was, that was a real good experience on that album. Yo, man, what are you listening to lately, Poke? What are the producers? What are the MCs you're fucking with lately? What are you bumping? Ah, uh, uh, my man's badass, Joey Badass, uh, Coast Contra. Uh, yeah, okay, you're tapped in. You're tapped in. You're tapped in. Uh, <laughs> you know uh, what's up. You know what's up. Same time, I'm still heavy on some Larry June. Um, I still get my Griselda. I, I, I've been rocking with Conway for a minute. Um, let's see. Uh, what's my guy? What's my guy's name? Uh, Toby and in, in Goodwin. I don't know how the hell to say his last name. Toby and Fats. Um, and then I go back. I go back to the usual suspects. This is gonna be crazy. But uh, I still have, I still have my golden era tapped in on a daily. Uh, I, I still got my early tribe. Uh, I still got my midnight marauders and my low end theory banging in the car on a daily. Like I got a hard drive in my car. And I'm, uh, I'm still bumping slaughterhouse by Master Ace on a daily. Uh, I'm still rocking the shining. From uh, <laughs> uh, Tech is Still Bootcamp Click. I'm still rocking um, uh, Black Moon. Uh, I, I'm still playing Muddy Waters. So I, I get my up to date. And then I still go back in a day. Sick. Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up in the beginning. Um, but I'm going to bring it up now. I think one of the coolest things about Pope that I really respect a lot, and, and I like you inspire me in this way, bro. Like, I love how Pope has a full time job and um, he knows how to, he always knew how to balance the corporate world and the hip hop world. He always knew how to do the shows and still make it back on time at work. Like, I always looked at that like, like, man, like, People are grown and people are, people know how to multitask and the corporate world never really stopped us from doing music. Like we always did both. And I always, let, let's talk about like, 
your your experience in the car industry, car salesman, like, how has that like been for you, man? Um, t- let's talk about that. It's afforded me a certain lifestyle. I've been able to take care of our family. Uh, you know, it's ups and downs, just like anybody else's job. But the true, the truth to it is, man, is you got to take care of you, mm-hmm. and sometimes being in love with music the way we're in love with music you got to be able to fund that dream you got to be able to fund that you know um yeah cool yeah i got you know i'm about to go on tour but you ain't got no bread you ain't got no bread to support yourself while you're on tour and you you know what you're gonna do so you gotta have a job you gotta have something that's bringing bread in if you're not on on with music you know um and it's like being, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, underground, whatever. I do like the term and I don't like the term. But, you know, you, you got to make bread. You got to gotta be able to make it to the next show. You got to be able to keep the lights on. And, you know, staying in the car industry. One, I made, actually, I made a lot of connects for music. But uh, two, kept bread in my pocket so I could stay fresh at shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it kept bread in my pocket so when I was doing these shows elsewhere or when I needed to go into the studio and I'm talking back at a time when cats didn't have laptops in their room and there, you know you didn't have a microphone at the house or at, at the studio that your boy got around the corner you had to go to a studio cause dudes didn't have pro tools you know you had to either have somebody who had all the equipment to really record it and go to that studio or go to a real deal recording studio. And that shit costs money, bro. Like, I can't tell you how many thousands I was spending in early 90s up in the studio. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Hmm. What's, what's your thoughts in the hip-hop industry now? Like, um... Does this still inspire you? Like, uh, does hip hop still inspire you? Very much so. Uh, What's really cool is getting to the age where I'm kind of setting my ways in hip hop, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'll be talking to young, young dudes, young bulls in the game, doing their music, and and on some old head shit, right? Ah, you know. Another song in auto tune. It's like, yo, that's the wave, and I'm like, eh. But then again, I started looking at what hip hop has evolved from, where everybody say, "Ho!" Like, yeah. if you didn't sound like Lovebug, Starsky, and you didn't sound like these certain dudes, they weren't trying to hear it. Like, cats used to front on Rakim because he wasn't doing the same style everybody else was. Now he's looked at as the greats. And I say that to say, like, I'm looking at these young dudes like they are really the next level. And I'm starting to realize that I have older eyes and older ears. Sitting here in amazement because, you know, the subject matter is off the hook nowadays, man. These, These young bulls, young MCs are really talking about things that wasn't cool to talk about mm-hmm. you know um, rest in peace to some who are gone but it's like 
it's cool to deal with emotions and get it out on the track. <laughs> you know, some of the coolest younger younger MCs that I listen to have songs that are about real life and not just party and bullshit. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm loving what what the culture and, and the movement as far as hip hop is going today. You know, because I can always, like I said earlier, I can always pop in my golden age uh, hip hop and do it right at home. You know, yo, you know, you're getting old when you put on like and, and wow, this is going to hurt to say, but, you know, you're getting old. You put on some old school trial call quest and your kids is like, oh, you listen to the classic rap. This stuff was cool. Like what? I didn't know yeah. that I was in an age bracket where like hip hop was even classic. Like they got classic rock. I didn't know we were there. I didn't know we have classic hip hop. And, <laughs> and it's not Sugar Hill Gang. And, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when I meet younger artists and we share the same bill, um, you know, like I, I thought about this the other day, like I'm 37 now, you know, um, I've been hitting the road hard since I was 21. And now that I'm 37, every now and then I am sharing the bill with a with a new up, up, upcoming artist, 21 year old. Yeah. And um, when I get off the stage, they always go like, oh, so you you really rap rap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they be saying yeah, yeah. like, oh, so you really, like you rap rap. And I, and I, always, I always think to myself, well, isn't that what we're here to do, right? Like, <laughs> bro, you hit it on the. I know exactly what you're talking about, bro. I, I thought that's the assignment. I thought that was the assignment that we're here to rap. Where we we will rap, you know. Um, let me ask you this, bro. Like, uh, the United States of America has been in has been in shambles for a while. Uh. These last couple of years has been tough with COVID and all the tragedies that's happened in the hip hop community. Uh, how does this all affect you as a songwriter? And by the way, I heard how it affects you on the, on the back from the top. Like I listened to the songs, like you and Mark tackle some some good concepts. Like, but how does this affect you as a songwriter, bro? The police injustice, everything, politics, everything. Well, it's from a from a writing standpoint. I've always believed that and, and based off of the reaction from the music that I get, that I've written, I believe that when you go through difficult times, when just as a person, when you're going through all types of shit and everything around you is real stormy, like your life is, there's a lot of things happen. There's a lot of moving parts and this just went all bad. Damn, just lost a job. Bam. We had war. Boom. The house caught on fire. Boom. Like, um, just going through things, writing about it, and no matter how it ends up coming out, writing about it makes, like, better material for everybody all around. Like, the world is, bro, the world we living in right now, especially in the United States of America, it's scary. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. You know, like, man, they running up in schools and you know mass shootings with, at, at schools like elementary schools bro so yeah. the, the whole honorable 
you know, uh, no women or children are hurt in war. Like, you know, just growing up, you don't you don't mess with women and children. They they going into the grocery stores just shooting random people now. We we going to school just massive shootings. You know, yeah. cops are are cops are you know, people can walk the streets with, with rifles on and nothing happened, but you have no weapon and get gunned down by a cop. Hmm. Yeah. I also you know, think go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Th- things like this going on is you know years ago is what created music genres right like hard times created the blues right um people talking about the shit they're going through the blues whole genre of music there was a a conscious genre in hip-hop early on because of so many injustices and how people needed to really get their minds right and start looking at these systems that we're living in and and how to get justice for people. And next thing you know, there's a conscious movement in music. With with, with the gangster movement and, and you know, we was it was active when we was growing up in the Ox. Mad gang violence. And there's gangster music for that time, right? So with everything that's going on now, there's about to be another movement of music with all this I don't know what they're gonna call it you know I don't know if it's wild whatever but there's something coming from all this madness that the world is that we living in right now and a year from now six months from now we gonna start to hear some of the best the best music and song material based off of what the world been going through we're hearing sprinkles of it we hear a little bit in verses here and there but there's about to be some serious get up stand up type vibe going on because people people are getting sick of it and it's not it's not one side or the other side it's it's just like an eight sided dice you know what I mean uh, as a father um, as a family man how do you navigate your kids through all this how do you make them understand the country we're living in right now? How do you how do you warn how do you warn them? How how, how do you feel poke as a father, right? Like yeah. when a school shooting happens, how do you feel as a father? All all that. Like how, how are you explaining this to your kids? Bro, <clears throat> like I said, this is flip side. Like I've I prepared prepared my kids from a very young age for things just coming at them for who they are, right? And so when these things are happening, we got these shootings in the schools and, you know, like looking at kids. Luckily, my kids are a little older and uh, and know how to handle one of them things. <laughs> no, not like that, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, I, my kids know how to protect themselves and other things that are going on in the world is to the point to where you know I make sure my son has his driver's license and his insurance and his visor of his car instead of having to dig in the glove box Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so your hands are already where they can see him so they're asking for you know your ID you ain't gotta go dig nowhere it's already hey Boom, here you go. You see my hands. Don't be funny and quick draw McGraw on me. 
You know, uh, it's hard explaining this shit to to kids, but they see it. And luckily, uh, a lot of kids know, you know, just some bullshit. and, And but people aren't biting their tongue. You know, this generation, this generation ain't gonna be marching for too much longer. Like, yeah. You know, I seen the coolest shirt. It was like, I'm not my grandparents. I got these hands. <laughs> and, yeah. um, it, and it was during a time when people were wearing certain things on their shirts from marching from Black Lives Matter to, you know, all types of other stuff on their shirts with slogans. But <clears throat> it was crazy. You know, it's crazy about life, Poke. Um, when we're on our, we're prime right our 20s and even our 30s like um we refuse to believe that we're getting older you know what i'm saying like like as hip-hop heads we would like to believe that we, we're gonna stay fly forever but the truth is yeah. we all get older yeah and for the first time in this 2022 37 yeah man i feel it i know i'm getting older like um, before, I thought it would have to be in your spirit for you. It's it's about your spirit. If if your spirit feels young, you feel young and look young. But I'm gonna be honest with everything we've been through with this country, everything. Don't you feel like sometimes your your spirit gets tired and old too? Like you know you're getting old because you're tired of this shit too. You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, no, no, I feel you on that. But flip side of that coin, my spirit's the youngest thing. You know, the only thing that's getting old is the body. You know what I mean? Like, our passion for everything we love as long as we got our mental. You know, I, yes. I, I be feeling old, trust me. You know, after a long day, working out, doing doing the work thing, going, just like, your boy Feats is killing me. My back could be killing me sometime. Like, depending on what I'm doing, my shoulder really on me. And... That's that's what makes me feel old. Besides a couple of gray hairs here and there, <laughs> yeah. But my fighting spirit, my musical spirit, my artistic yeah. spirit, Still you know, there. man, I feel like I feel like I'm I'm 16, but I know how to do it. Like I, I don't need the manual. You know what I mean? The older I get, there's certain stuff that I know. So my creativity and my yeah. my youthful spirit is definitely gonna stick with me, bro. And I think everybody should keep that. Like we can be old in the physical, but always young in the mind. And I think you know what keeps us youthful these days, especially like us artists, is hip hop music. Because we always connect hip hop to our days of growing up. Like like hip hop, a lot of us, man, hip hop raised us. It it raised us and how we think and how we thought and how we saw the world. It affected us and like I still get excited when 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 a new dope. I get it. I still get excited. Like I'm 14, 13. I'm still, you know, I'm still like when you said when you said Cosa Nostra. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was like, I'm I'm tuned in. It's amazing, it's, man. These, these are Rascast kids spitting their asses off too. Bro, there's Rascast kids, yo. Yeah, I know. What's well, funny, I'm trying to remember, man, like That's my crazy. But you know how many rappers have kids who got crazy bars, bro? Big <laughs> puns. I love what Christopher uh, 
Yeah. I love, Chris Rivers, I love what Chris Rivers is doing, no doubt. Bro, like, but uh, what's, what's interesting is they want to do more business things. And that's yeah. that's the, the evolution of hip hop. I really think everybody who's, you know, been in it for longer, it ain't always about the stage. You can also be the dude who makes sure that the next young cat is really getting it right now. You know, yeah. we can all we yeah, we can all keep making ways for for the next people behind it. Or the people yeah. who we can hold up in front of us. Man. Let me tell you this. Um what would be your advice for the upcoming artists right now trying to get in the music business? What would be your advice for them? Make sure you want to be the rapper. Yeah. And if you and if you and if you want to be that MC, you want to be that rapper. Make sure you sound like you. <laughs> yeah. And make sure you perform like you. So people come to see you. Make sure you want to do it. And make sure you're really you. Because there's a lot of rappers who are other rappers. For you know, I ain't I you know, I'm not to say they biting somebody's style, but you know, if you really want to get into it for the next guy who wants advice from an OG, make sure you really want to do that. Because if you do, you better be able to spit. You know, if you if you go on, you know, you get in front of the leakers. You get in front of Funk Flex. You know what I'm saying? You're on the, you, you, you go to the radio and they want you to drop some bars. Yes. You got to be able to drop the bars. You know? You got to be ready. You got to be ready, right? Yeah, you know. And have a, and have a good team. But really be ready and sharp and practice and be that because there's still people becoming like hip hop stars who are genuinely good rappers. Yes, yes, yes. You know, shit. Anybody could still be the rock star. You could be the rock star who just, you know, smoking mirrors, or you can be the rock star who's really the rock star. So figure it out, kids. And if you really want to be it, give you all to it, and it can and will happen because it's easier now than ever. What do you think of Anderson Pack's success? How does it make you feel? Like you know, like especially Super Bowl. What a great look, right? And I will, I will use what I just said to to applaud his success because he really wanted to do it, and he made sure he sounds like him. And nobody's in his lane but him. And you do that, you get that success. You know, and I'm very proud for my hometown. I'm very proud of him. It's, you know, I think I think that dude did what needed to be done for music, period. You know, there's, there's people who can rap and sing. And then there's, you know, T-Pain's an MC. He started singing just to get on. T Pain's a rapper, mm-hmm. but T Pain can sing, sing like sang, sang without the auto tune. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know Anderson Pack, Anderson Pack, he uh, he got his chops for singing, he got his chops for bars, and that boy musician. So you know he's 
he the trifecta. He deserved what he got and what he got coming to him. Yep. And this is like another step, another step to keep opening doors for the city. And it's a continuation of like what, what, what we. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's it, like he's definitely influenced with what with what came before, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, he got he got he got hella swans though, man. I think it's you know, I I dig what he gets down with, and I don't know, man. There's there's a, a real soulful. There's I don't know. He's he's. He's an old soul in next generation's body, not this generation. So, like, I, I give him, I give him his credit. That dude really makes a cool vibe. Who else you? Who yeah, else you checking for though, bro? Me, as far as like MCs. Yeah, or from out here. Um, I'm really feeling what Mark's doing, of course. Um. I'm looking forward to what Enzom's about to drop. Um, yes, sir. I'm looking forward to hearing. Um, of course, I want to give props to Mike Bless. Uh, I there's too many to list, like, but hip hop in general, I really do think Costa, Coast Nostra is doing their thing, and so is Corday. Um, Joey Badass, like, for example, I love the new DJ Premier uh, mixtape, the EP. They dropped, like, a five-song EP yeah. commemorating a hip-hop 50 years because hip-hop is turning 50 next summer, ladies and gents, and uh, and they're dropping 10 EPs all the way to the lead-up for the birthday of uh, hip-hop, and uh, they said Swiss Beats is up next, producing the next five songs. Um, That's there's this Filipino producer, man. Um, his name is Soy is real. Um, he's like, I, I believe he's from, he's one of the ones that I also think that, you know, he's going to blow like r- real talented producer. He's um, our next dude. Yeah. Like as far as like, of course, it's going to be great for the Filipino community to, um, to be able to say like he's Filipino, he's one of us. But just in general, just to be a just like a dope hip hop producer, you know, I've been tuning into his shit. Um, but yeah, Poke, uh, I'm gonna leave with this question. Um, these last two years, like life is short, you know. Yeah. Like everybody, it feels like everybody is withering away, and doesn't it, like Poke? Doesn't it feel like? You don't know who's next. Like, you never know who's next, right? Like, it can be anybody, man. It's crazy right now, right? Yeah. No, that's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of themes, people recently. Yeah. Right. I, I heard themes of mental health and mortality all the top. I heard you guys talk about death and how you feel about mortality. Like, does it affect you in any way what's been going on? Like, how can it not affect us, right? when people die of course like but with this COVID and pan- the pandemic like how does this affect you just living life to the fullest and making sure every day counts well that's the biggest part man I not only do I try to make sure every day counts I try to make sure every every new day is better than the last one and I'm doing something better today than I was doing yesterday because really seeing what's going on the last few years 
you know, and knowing that I'm getting up there in age, you know, um, it, you kind of, you kind of want to make sure it, it, you're, you're loving on everybody. You want to make sure your last time seeing your homeboy or your homegirl or your cousin or your aunt or your mom or whatever, you make sure you're not leaving on bad terms and it was a good memory because you know a lot more recently it's the last time I've seen a lot of people you know I, yeah. you know so I try to make sure the last that last interaction was real cool you know and that's it's one of the most positive things I've gained out of the last few years bro because you know there's there's been a heck couple friends uh, my best friend died a, uh, a few years ago I've <coughs> died in the past couple of weeks lost my dad my grandparents stepmom um, keep condolences bro no I'm just so old and, and this is in the last few years but it's like you get to a point to where it's not that you feel numb when you lose people you feel like fuck I wish the last time I seen them I would have did this or said that right 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 right. so that's why I say I try to make them you know every time I see somebody you know a cool cool little send off what can we what can we expect from Poke Dog for the rest of 2022 any um any project Coming soon, any any chance of the shows hitting the road? What's yes. next for Dog? And um, on top of the show, you still there? Yes, I'm still here, sir. Okay. Um, top of the shows, it's gonna be another release from your boy Pog Dog before the year's up on some Pog Douglas. I will definitely be uh dropping something it, it's funny too because it hit me I'm like man I'm trying to do it at the end of the year like I'm in the big leagues but really that's what I want to do um, but yes speaking of which you know I, I would hope that uh, well I, we've luckily for years been in contact with communication anyway so you're definitely going to be one of the first to get it and know what's up with yes. it but, uh, yeah you can you can yeah. You can expect a few usual suspects as far as features, but uh, you know, the big thing right now is I ain't trying to put extras on it, but the weight on some vinyls. But we, we got some things in play, brother. Nice. Yo, man, Poke, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm gonna hit you back right now, alright? When we hang up, I'm gonna hit you right back. Alright, one love. Good looking out again for letting your boy be on here on the platform, man. I appreciate you. Yo, man, ladies and gents, Andy Podcast, we did it. Thank you very much. Poke, I'm here to you right now. All right, one. Peace, peace.